Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas Eve. We had a great first service at 5 o'clock, and so it's great to see another nearly full house for this service. It's fun to do this together, and I'm grateful for this um, space to meet in. We, we had quite a crew preparing for this service all week, and so we had different teams of people come in here to, to kind of build everything, get everything set, and, and so, because we really wanted to be prepared for all of you to be here. And so, if you're a guest, this is not where we typically meet. We, we typically meet at the Orange Terrace Community Center, a couple miles away, in a, a multi-purpose uh, banquet room, I guess you'd say, and it, it, the room is about four times at least at least four times the size of this space. And so this is pretty cozy, uh, but it's, there's a lot of people traveling at this time, so it's, it's worked really well for us tonight. And our, our neighbors are a dance studio, and you know we were able to work it out, have our kids over there uh, for special evening services or whatever like this. And so we're a portable church, and so we set up and tear down. And so there are some challenges to being portable, and there's also some benefits to being portable. One of the benefits is we can pretty much drive the trailer to any open space and, and build and have a worship service. And so, and then our crew is used to uh, setting it up and, and just being real flexible. And so I, I'm really, really appreciative for the many, many people that were involved in, in setting this up to be able to have worship tonight. So thanks for, if you're a part of that crew, we really are appreciative for all of you. It is, uh, it's Christmas Eve, as you know, and, and I know some of you have already probably begun the celebrations of Christmas and maybe even... Uh, maybe tonight or earlier today was your Christmas celebration. There's a lot of traveling that goes on, so I know some people just have traditions that they do. I'm sure some of you even have been watching some movies. And so uh, today, in fact, I bet in the first service this was true, we had people that paused some movies in order to get here. And so um, and so maybe that's the same here. Is there anybody that paused some movies and then you're going to come back to it later? Yeah. Okay, so here's here's maybe someone paused while they were watching Anybody watching this today? I, I still haven't seen Elf this year, and I want to see it this year. I've seen it before. Everybody's like, <gasps> I've seen it. I just haven't seen it this year. My kids have seen it. And uh, what about this one? Has anybody paused through White Christmas tonight? Anybody? Like that was what you were watching? Okay. Okay. I see you in the back. <laughs> How about this? Anybody? Anybody watching? A Christmas story tonight? Yeah, okay. And you paused because you came down here to worship with us. And I'm sure some of you are heading out to dinners or celebrations after this tonight or tomorrow. But you, you chose tonight to come here. You decided to hit the pause on some things, whether a movie or whether a celebration. You just you chose to pause to be here with us, but you made the choice. Well, here's the question for us tonight. What do you do when God hits pause? What do you do when life just kind of pauses and you, you come to a screeching halt because there was some unexpected circumstance that came up and everything that you had anticipated, everything you had planned, everything you were hoping for uh, just in life goes a totally different direction than, than what you'd planned. And that's really what I want to look at tonight and just briefly w- with us all. There are some major pauses in life that really come up and, and we've all experienced them because as people, these are very, very common pauses in life. And so if you, if you look in that program, you'll see there's a listening guide. 
And if you'd like, you can follow along on that listening guide. You feel free to take notes or just you can follow along on the screen. But here, here's four categories of major pauses that we face. Death, divorce, illness, and status change. And through the years, I've noticed these are major points where when these things hit, it has our attention. It has our attention. And, and no doubt, you've been impacted by many, if not all, of these. And so, you know, just walking them through death. The father of one of my good friends from college, uh, his, my, 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 uh, my friend Kirk, his father passed away earlier this month. And, and I went to the funeral for his dad, Don, who was also a friend of mine. Uh, Don was a church planting strategist for the Inland Empire. And he encouraged me through the early years of starting this church. He encouraged our team. And I met monthly with Don for a couple of years when we were first starting, uh, just for encouragement. And he would pull church planners together to just pray for us and encourage us with tips and pointers. Uh, he, In his life, he worked to encourage about 900 different church plants. Um, and so he just really gave his life, poured his life out to help people start churches. And that, that was the role he played, and he played it very well. But no one expected him to pass uh, this month, early this month. You know, he didn't have the greatest health, but still it came as a, as a major, major, um, sudden, unexpected pause for the family. And, you know, at the, at the funeral, it was really a mix of, of grief, as most funerals are, grief, and even some celebration as we remembered his life and all that God used him to accomplish and did through him. But we could go around the room and just share stories and experiences about how everything t- took a very unexpected turn uh, when someone passed. And it, it was sudden. But another one is, di- is divorce. And this is, this is just, again, very, very common. 45% of marriages uh, currently end in divorce. And I know all sorts of people are fearful of getting married because of this statistic. It's like, well, I'll just, I don't, I don't want to seal the deal because I don't want to ruin the relationship that we've got. And in so many cases, though, this is really the source of long-term um, pain. Um, and there's just a long-term impact through divorce illness. Uh, we don't get far, and we, you know, we don't go too long before this strikes us. And whether it's a test result or just recurring health problems, whether in our life or people close to us, we just cannot steer clear from sickness. And right now, especially, like seems like everywhere I turn, everybody I know, the flu or the cold or some, something is passing on, and it's, it's just it's hard to dodge illness, isn't it? And when we get sick, you get a extra, extra time in your hands. Depending on what, you, what you're dealing with, um, you might really have some time to focus. This has your attention when you're sick. Another thing is just status change. Life changes. Moves. Some people are new to the area. You might actually be here, and you're newer to Southern California, newer to Riverside, or maybe you've lost your job recently, and you're, you're newer to uh, you know, you, you, unemployment, and you, you, you've never been in this situation before. Maybe a breakup. There's just all sorts of possibilities for status change. But when things are changing, again, that has our attention. That pause, it kind of stops us in our tracks, and we begin to reflect on things. Maybe even your spiritual life is changing. And, for example, some of you might say something that's changing is you've become more of a churchgoer than you were in the past. And, and so maybe even this whole experience of celebrating Christmas at a church with, with Christians is something that you'd say is, is a newer experience. So... Um, and maybe God's just doing something in this season where you're, you're exploring and you're searching right now. But with any of these types of major pauses in life, what we typically want to do is we want to scramble and find the remote 
and just get back to life, like press play and get things back to, to normal so we can get, you know, moving in what we had planned to do. And that, that's just us here and now. That's real life, present day experience. When, when the pauses come, we want to hit play and, and go back to normal. Now, when it comes to the Christmas story, which is what we're going to look at, we tend to separate Mary and we tend to separate Mary and Joseph and their, their story and their life from real life. We look at Mary and Joseph and we think they're, they're, they're Bible characters, but they're not like, it almost seems like they're not real people. And I think because most of the time when we see them, you know, they're, they're not real people. This is what we typically see and think of with Mary and Joseph. They're porcelain people. They're, they're plastic people. You know, they're, they're, they're figurines in a nativity set, and they're statues. They're, they're different. But the truth is, these were real people whose lives were totally interrupted when God hit, hit pause in their lives. And there really was nothing peaceful about the circumstances of Jesus' birth. And so once you get into the story from the Bible, you begin to realize that for them, this was really not part of their plan. This was, this was not normal for them. Uh, so let me tell you about, about how God hit the pause button on their lives. We're going to look at some verses here. But the first clue is this, is that Mary was visited by an angel. And the angel said, God highly favors you. And he is going to give you a child from the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a son. He's going to be the son of the Most High God. He's going to be, I want you to give, or God wants you to give him the name Jesus because he will save God's people from their sin. And at this point, Mary, she is betrothed to be married to a man named Joseph. And the Hebrew marriage custom was they would begin to operate like husband and wife um, and even living and, and using the titles of husband and wife, but they would remain uh, virgins. They would remain pure. And so since she's a virgin and the angel says, you're about to have a child, Mary says, well, how's this going to work? I've, I've got some questions. And so now here's how the angel replies to her questions. He says, for nothing is impossible with God. Because she says, well, how, how is this going to work? I'm, I'm still a virgin. Nothing's impossible with God. And Mary replies with this, I am the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. Basically, I, I'm, I'm here to serve God, Mary answered. And then she says, may it be to me, just as you've said. May it be. That's basically her saying, I'm, I'm ready to... Move in a different direction. I, I'm shifting gears here. You, God's pressed the pause, and I'm willing to walk in this new direction. And so she trusts the Lord, and soon she finds that she finds out that she's she's pregnant, just as the angel told her. Meanwhile, Joseph is also visited by an angel, and Joseph initially thinks, "Oh, how's this going to look? How's this going to work? My wife's going to be pregnant." And so he he's a good man. The scripture says that he didn't want to. Trying to avoid doing that, but he didn't want to publicly shame Mary, and so he continues this process of betrothal, takes her to be his wife, and they remain pure. But imagine how this news would have altered Mary and Joseph's course. How would you prepare? Think about how how would they prepare to all of a sudden be parents, but then all of a sudden to prepare for receiving the Son of God into their family. How would you do that? What would you tidy up? You know, what would you clean up in your relationship? What would you get in order knowing 
the Son of God is about to come to your family? What projects around the house might you hope to complete? You know, just uh, Joseph, he was a carpenter by trade. You can imagine he's probably like, okay, I've got to build a nice, strong crib, a sturdy crib for, for the Son of God. And, and, and Mary, she's probably thinking about, I mean, just like moms, you know, nesting and preparing, getting everything just right. Because after all, this is, this is her first child. And I'm sure that they began making adjustments in their lives once the angel declared what would happen and once she realizes, wow, I'm, I'm pregnant. They began preparing. But then God once again hit the pause button. Here's what happens next. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, when the Caesar, you know, when the ruler of the Roman Empire decides something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And so you don't have, oh, I'm not going to get on board with that plan. But look at what happens. This is the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Verse 3 says, and everyone went to his own town to register. You didn't have any choice but to cooperate when the Romans took a census. But of all of the times for a Roman census, this only occurred once every decade. Of all of the times for this to happen, it would have to be right when Mary is pretty much full term in her pregnancy. And moms, I mean, just can you imagine what what kind of a hassle this would be needing to travel quite a bit while you're pregnant for a census? Basically to check in and say, we're here, you know, check. There's two of us and we've got a baby on the way. She's full term. Maybe if you're, you know, if, if someone had bought you a brand new vehicle, a nice luxury vehicle, and you're, okay, we're going to be doing it, you know, we've got a trip to go on. We're going to have to go do this thing, but at least we've got this new vehicle to ride in. Leather seats, adjustable, keep Mary comfortable when she's traveling. Get her some good pregnancy snacks, you know, and drinks just so that she, that, that wouldn't have made this all that bad. But this is far from ideal back then, you know, 2,000 years ago. And both the timing and the mode of travel was just very, very challenging. Look at verse 4. It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. So it says he went, they went up. It's actually that they went south, but they had to climb an altitude. That's why they said they went up, because the elevation is higher where they were going to Bethlehem. Okay. Because he belonged to the house and the line of David. This is where his family had come from. And so he has to journey back to where his family was from and check in there. Now, wives, again, imagine your husband saying to you on a Monday, let's say a week before your due date, okay? On a Monday, a week before your due date, honey, I just found out that we need to, never mind. We have no choice but to go this weekend and we need to check in at the regional social security office up in Barstow because Riverside to Barstow is the same distance as Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's 80 miles, okay? We need to go to Barstow this weekend. It's 80 miles away. We've got a problem. The car's not starting. Everybody's gone on their family trips and holiday travel, and so I can't find any way to get up there, and so we're going to need to walk, Mary. We can't wait any longer because it's the Romans. They're not they're, – it's this, this not optional. And so we're going to need to go now. I've calculated the trip that's going to probably take us four to five days to walk from here to Barstow. It's slightly uphill. We're going to have to go up that grade, you know, the 15. And, but it's okay, honey. We'll, we'll make it. We'll get there. Nazareth to Bethlehem, 80 miles, lots of uphill. 
Not an easy trek, but Mary and Joseph, they make that journey because they obeyed God's directions, so they head there to Bethlehem. Look at the next verse, verse 5. It says, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. This wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> like, we're going to go to Bethlehem. Now, I'm a bit of a planner. I like to worry myself thinking through all of the possible scenarios, and then I'm relieved if they all don't happen, but still I'm stressed about about that. And so if we leave now, we get there by Friday, we'll register for the census, we'll get some sleep, we'll get some good Bethlehem food, we'll turn around, we'll just hope that our baby doesn't show up till we get back home, and we'll be ready for this baby back at home. That's the plan, is get back home and be ready for the baby. But there's just some things in life that we can't plan, and so so much is just spinning out of their control. And it says, you know, the time just comes. The time came for them to have their child. This was just one of those moments. God had other plans. Look at verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths. She placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And here it is. Jesus, he's born far from an ideal setting outside. They get to Bethlehem. Because of the census, there's no room in any of the local you know, inns. And so... You know, they find it more than likely about the second century. Traditions basically go back to about the second century, saying that they must have just slept in a cave, and they just found a cave to stay warm in. And this is this is just not ideal. There's no delivery bed. There's no epidural. There's no pain meds. There's no labor coach. I've got three kids, and it seemed like by the third time I was a pro. In my role? Yeah, my role. But the first time, I was a mess. I was a mess in that delivery room, trying to remember all the breathing exercises, trying to, and then the nurse is like, look, just, just stay over there. I'll let you know if we need you. This, you know, this, Jesus is born right there. There's just, now's the time. This is, there's no postpartum, there's no recovery room, there's no comfy place to this is god in the flesh and since he's human it says you know since he's human he, they wrapped him in swaddling cloths he he's he's god he's fully god yet he's fully man and so he 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 experiences what we experience so it, it since it's cold they wrap him up in swaddling cloths since he's human he's also he gets hungry they've got to figure out how to feed him she nurses him Contrary to the song "Away in the Manger," you know the song. The song says, "No crying he makes." Jesus, you know, he was he was real. He cried in the garden. There was pain he experienced in the garden. Later on in life, he he, he must have cried when he was a baby. So they had to they had to care for him. And what we see is we see this powerful example in the lives of Mary and Joseph. And really, this is very instructive to all of us here and now in our real lives. And here's what I want to encourage you with, and just get you to think through. Is, is when God hits pause in your life, trust and obey. That is exactly what Mary and Joseph do. They trusted and they obeyed. And God was working out his plan in and through Mary and Joseph. God could have chose anyone to use. He could have chose anyone, but he used them. And they responded. And Jesus was born to them. He grew up under their care. And when he was about 30 years old, it says that he, he began his public ministry he lived a perfect life, and, at the, and again, at just the right time, when the time came for him to fulfill his ultimate purpose, he offered up his life 
for the sins of the whole world. And tomorrow we reflect on his birth, and it gives us a chance to really celebrate what has God done through Jesus. What has he done in our own lives? What has he done in the lives of other people around us? And you might be here tonight, and you might have a lot of questions about Christianity. You might have a lot of questions about the Christmas story. Or you might even more have questions about the pauses that have come up in your life suddenly because I know there are pauses that you're facing here tonight. And so what do you think God is trying to do right now in the pauses? He's paused something, I know it, in your life. What do you think he's trying to do? For you that that are parents with your lack of sleep, with the fatigue, with the challenge of parenting, with the, with the fears and the concerns, what do you think God is doing in this pause? More than likely, it's just not all that you had imagined. It's, it's, there's challenges you, you hadn't faced. For the singles, with what you're facing, with the questions you have, with the concerns you have, what do you think God is saying right now in this season? For, for the widows, what do you think God is saying right now? In this Christmas season, and it just and in this season of life, what is he saying? Or for all of us in this room, you know, in our close relationships, one of the things I know about relationships is, is they're challenging. And so it seems things can be going just great, nice and smooth, and all of a sudden everything comes to a screeching halt, and then people that we're easy to relate to are a real challenge to relate to. And sometimes it's them, and sometimes it's us, and sometimes we don't know what it is, and it's just difficult to sort it all out. And it seems like, again... There's this pause, and you're not sure what to do. Well, what do you think God is saying in the pause in your life? Or if you're here tonight, and you're, maybe you'd say, I'm, I'm really far from God, and I'm open, but I'm not sure about all this. And, and what do you think God is saying to you? If you're, if you're wanting to know more about what does it mean to, to follow Christ, if you want to have a dialogue, on the back of that connection card, uh, there's a box you can check, and it just says, send me more info about following Jesus. It's on the back, on the right-hand side. And there was somebody last service that checked that box, at least at least one individual that was here. And so we would love to follow up with you, answer whatever questions you have, and just at your own pace, uh, have a dialogue and try to help you uh, better understand what it would mean to follow Jesus. Or, or, or even, maybe for you, I would say, more than likely someone brought you tonight. And, and if you have that question about, I'm not sure real, really where I am with God, I'm really still not sure what it means to follow Jesus Christ, then I would encourage you to ask the person who brought you the question, hey, why did you decide to become a Christian? Because as an adult, to choose to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and then let somebody else lead your life and to kind of hand over the keys of, of control to someone else, that's a pretty drastic thing to do. It's a life-altering thing. And so I would say, if you're sorting that out, why not ask the person, maybe a person that you know already follows Christ, say, why, why do you really do that? Help me understand why, why an adult would do that. Why would you make a major shift and, and yield your life to Jesus Christ? But for all of us here, maybe it's time, with the pause, to stop looking for the remote and trying to, it's like when you can't find the remote at home, and you're like, where's that darn remote? I need to get back to, I wanted to do this. Rather than trying to find the remote and say, I just want to hit play so everything can go back to normal, maybe instead could we respond like Mary who said, may it be. May it be. I'm available. I'm listening, God. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know what you're trying to do in this season, but I'm listening. 
and I'm ready to obey. I want to follow your lead. And again, they were not perfect people. They were pretty common, normal people. Mary and Joseph is like John and, and Sue. <laughs> okay, maybe that's, I don't, yeah, it's still pretty common, right? John and Sue. Bob and Sally. Mary, Mary and Joseph, you know, that's common, common people. But God, he paused their life and just everything changed. And their new normal was actually God's perfect plan. It was God's perfect plan. And so there's more than likely there's things going on in your life right now that you had not anticipated that God is trying to use to stir some things, to challenge some things, to tweak some things. But don't let the pauses in your life keep you from responding to what God is trying to do through them right now. And once you're clear on how God is directing you, don't delay in obeying. I want to invite you to, to look at these next steps. You see these at the bottom of your listening guide. The first, and these are really just to kind of personalize maybe the pauses that you're facing right now. So the first one is this. Will you trust God with the pause? Trust God, and I, I would just say, this is for, just for you. Maybe jot down where you sense the pause is occurring in your life. And think through, what, what does that look like for me right now? What is it that God is trying to say? How is he trying to, to use this? Can I trust God with that? The next thing here is to obey God with, maybe you're delaying something that you know God is already kind of leading you to do. Maybe jot down the action step you intend to take in order to move forward with God. And then this last thing is just a line. If you sense that, you just sense that God is maybe shouting something very specific to you at this season in your life, at this, even tonight, you just, you, you've been wrestling with some things and you just recognize God is trying to get your attention. He's hit the pause button. And you just don't want to miss, you don't want to miss it. So I would just say, write it down. Write down what you sense God is saying to you. And we're, we're so glad that you came tonight to worship with us, to celebrate Christmas Eve with us. And of all the things you could have been doing, we're really glad you came and chose to be here with us. So let, let's pray together. And then we're going to sing again. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to sing carols and worship songs to you. And praise you for your perfect plan. God, even though for Mary and Joseph, this was not what they had intended, Lord. Their example is, is very helpful. It's very... It's helpful for us, God, as we just look at the challenges we're facing and see an example of people who trusted you and obeyed you and, and you used in such a powerful way. God, for each person here, you know our stories. You know our you know our hurts, you know our questions, you know our doubts and our fears. You know everything about us. And Lord, you love us and you make you've made a way for us to know you. It's in the person of Jesus. We are, we remember and we thank you and we celebrate his birth this Christmas. God, I pray for each person here that would say that they're still searching. Lord, I pray that you would draw them to want to know you want to get their questions answered, Lord. I pray you would you'd provide the answers, Lord. Thank you for bringing each person here for all of our lives, Lord. We just pray that, that we would release more and more control. God, so much of life, we, we try so hard to get it under control, and yet it's just, we're pretty limited. So God, I pray that we would yield more of ourselves and our lives to you tonight and this Christmas season. 
pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.